Hello everybody and welcome to the third film review episode of the Spill Your Beans podcast. Today I am joined by actor, presenter and YouTuber Adam Martin, who also has his own podcast series, AMCV Radio, available on YouTube. I'm going to just drop that in there now thank and you, probably George. at the end of the podcast. <laughs> welcome to the podcast. No, thank you man. Hello to everyone listening. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you on. Today we are going to be talking about a very specific um, action sci-fi film mm. from, oh god, I was going to say... Hang on, is it 70s? No, it's 80s. 80, 84, yeah. 84 it is. <laughs> right in the middle of the 80s, that was embarrassing. Should have got that right, but you know what, I'll leave that in. I'll show how incompetent yeah, I am, I'm, I'm happy to share that. We're going to be talking about The Terminator, the original yes. one, um, uh-huh. before the franchise went tits up. But we'll talk about that towards the end of the podcast. Um, so we're going to start the first half an hour just by doing a sort of general review of the film. Um, yeah, sure. You put The Terminator down sort of in films that you'd like to discuss um in the mm. sort of thing for people who are listening you might not know um when you fill in one of the forms to be on um spill your beans i've got a sort of thing where you either love talking about a film for whether it's good or bad all that sort of thing and you can mention a few films and you put the terminator down as one of them or the terminator mm. franchise yes um, yeah so yeah what do you think about the terminator well, the ter- it, my history with the Terminator franchise is a bit muddled because I've seen them all out of order. <laughs> I think oh, I really? saw um, Terminator Salvation, the bad one, as we all call it, was actually my first because that was out in the cinemas when I was like the right age. So I didn't really right. know what the franchise was about. And obviously it doesn't tell you, you know, it's a, the title doesn't imply it's a continuation. It's just another action film. So mm, I saw that mm. and then I saw Terminator <laughs> 2, then 3 then one and then yeah I, I know it's it's all been a bit muddled but the first one i think i i love it because it's it, it almost everyone knows it and you go oh yeah terminator great film but i feel it is very underrated when compared to the second one and the second one by all means is a great film it's one of my if not my favorite film like mm. ever but right, i think even yeah. myself you know and i've gone back to the first one i've forgotten how good it actually is on its own um, and especially like you talk about films, you know, like at the time in the mid eighties, like some of the the effects work in particular in oh, that yeah. first film is absolutely incredible. Like you think with the fact they re- they didn't really have, I guess they had blue screen, but they didn't have you know CGI as we know it. Not mm. even like the early nineties mm. style CGI. They didn't really have that. So like when you see you know the Terminator skeleton. Uh, revealed and it's moving about in it all its stop motion glory i, I, I think it I still think, has an yeah impact. It, that that is brilliant specifically and i will probably get onto that because it is a big plus of the film um mm. when i first saw this I, I was kind of shocked by the final act because obviously everyone knows about the scene where um yeah arnold sort of in the mirror and it's like clearly like a a, a fake model and it's great it's really well done but it's clearly like mm. fake yeah. but i think i was when i first watched it years ago um, and even when I rewatched it uh, recently, that final act where the sort of truck blows up and the sort of Terminator skeleton comes out of it, I think that's oh, God. fantastic. I think the, yeah. the I know it like obviously it's stop motion, but because it's just been in an explosion, it's like it yeah. works. It kind of like it should be a bit janky. It shouldn't work. A bit work. juddery, a bit yeah, like limping everywhere. And it's and it, one of those things. Yeah. I think the first time you see it, because I've shown this film now to so many people, you know, it's like their first time. Mm. And always, as you say, that bit, because I don't tell them what's going to happen. So as you say, the mm. truck blows up, Sarah's got um, 
uh, Kyle Reese in her arms, and you think, oh, they've they've done it, they've finally mm, done it, mm. and then it just comes out of nowhere, and then they go, oh god, it's it's happening again, and actually, uh, I, I guess that it sort of goes for the whole film, and I guess mm. we'll talk about specific bits, but the Terminator franchise is often, I, I think, seen as you know an action series. It's an action mm. franchise, um, but I think the first one, arguably, is more akin to a horror film. Um, uh, yeah, the Terminator definitely, is definitely. very much that you know that Jason Voorhees, that Fred, that thing that can't be killed that will always always come after you and the, and i think it's yeah. realized more like a horror movie that compared to all the others that came after it this is the most horror centric i think definitely i think in the second one as much as i love it and I, i've only seen that once years ago so i can't comment too mm. much on specifics but um with the second one um judgment day it's got elements in which I, again like isn't like that and i think i think we're using the sort of terminator in a more sort of light comedy kind of sense you know with like learning yeah. to smile and stuff and that that those sort of scenes um as like as much as great as that is i actually quite like the horror angle and i think that's a really good observation because i hadn't really clicked on that but you're dead right the yeah. theme of this film is more akin to the sort of horror films of that era um mm. Yeah, the sort of like Friday the, the 13th, sort of yeah, Halloween, yeah, yeah. yeah, that sort of thing. And I actually yeah. quite like that element. And I look like I love sci-fi. You know, we you know, we're both um, from the Doctor Who community. You know, we yes. both definitely love sci-fi. Um, mm. But actually, I think the bits that I enjoy the least about this film actually have to be, in a weird way, and this might be a bit of a hot take, the sort of the flash forwards and the oh. sort of reference to Time where travel. everything's coming <laughs> from. Yeah, I yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know how I feel because I mean it works obviously for Judgment Day because that is the story. That, but yeah. I, with the Terminator, I I quite like when it's just kept vague. The whole opening yeah. act where they just appear. There's no explanation. Mm. There's no exposition. It's just they're both looking for this one person. We don't know why. We you know it and it's pretty. I I quite like it. You know it's it's and yeah. as you said it's a bit like a slasher film, but the added bonus here is you've got some sort of protector role who knows from the get-go what's going to happen and how yeah. to help that and that's quite clever I, I quite like as well building on that the sort of like you say the rampant uh, i guess like the pace of it because sarah mm. connor is literally thrown she gets the explanation a bit later but for the the good first chunk after she meets kyle reese he only mm, gives mm. her as you say that vague oh i've got to protect you you've got to do as i say you've got to listen yeah 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 it's it really mo- you think in sarah's position this is all happening at once like mm, she's being chased mm. by this guy now they're on a motorbike and now they've been arrested by the police and now the things come to the but do you know what i mean it's all yeah, like yeah I, I, but i think it's paced really well and linda hamilton god bless i mean i say we'll talk more about characters but the way she acts that sort of she's just a normal person who in the space mm. of a few hours her life has now change completely she gets that across it, yeah so well because i think it, it roles like that to do that yeah yeah but we'll always we'll say we'll get more on characters later mm, but um mm, yeah yeah i and um yeah i mean that i love the whole forebodingness at the start you know as you say like obviously the pace mm. ramps up but like you say you see arnie you've got no context he's just a, a random hench naked dude who's appeared yeah. it's like okay this okay yeah and then bill yeah. paxton and co show up and it's like it's... oh yeah they've got the punks there and, yeah but I think they get across the one thing again we'll mention later but the terminator i think over the years has been dumbed down a bit to the sense where i don't think they're necessarily that threatening as they used to be mm. but you think right from those first few minutes with the punks you know he put bluntly he, he messes them up you know mm. we, no mm. one so he mean rips a guy's heart out for god's sake and that's like yeah. whoa like okay oh, yeah. this guy's not and i think this whole film is the one where the terminator the most it feels like a threat it feels like something mm, you should mm, be mm. frightened of definitely that, um, definitely yeah 
I, mean, I suppose it's the only one. It's it's the only Terminator film. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't seen, um, I haven't seen Dark Fate. <laughs> oh, I have yes. I have no intention to currently. Um, <laughs> not of any any sort of. I just when it came out and it got bad reviews, I was just like, well, I'm I'm not going to sure, put myself sure. through another attempted trilogy. Yeah, that's beginning. valid. You know, that's like valid. I mean, there's been that's the third one. That's the, they've had a, a, yeah. There's been a trilogy of failed trilogies already in this franchise which is insane um yeah. <laughs> but i think with every other terminator film there is sort of a, a friendly terminator almost who is helping along maybe other than salvation because that's obviously a totally different story yeah um, yeah but when there's a sort of threat it feels much more intimidating when the threat is only being countered by just a human who happens to know what the threat is opposed to it being oh, God, another terminator yeah. who's programmed to kill the terminator because then it's yeah. sort of like well it's fair game like it could, it could be could go either way and the threat isn't as big but i think when it's kyle reese who's just a human he hasn't got these plasma rifles it's, it's sort of like they make a big point of that as well like it's limited technology like nothing yeah really can kill the terminator in this time but they've got to try that's it yeah that's i brilliant. like the i guess what i like the futility of it because really mm. throughout most of the film right until the very end you're watching it thinking their struggle's useless you know it's like no matter what they can shoot it, they mm. can run it over, they can blow it up, and it doesn't yeah. work. I, I kind of like that feeling though, that the because I think there's, I think when it emerges from the uh, the fire near the end, uh, mm. Sarah Connor really screams like a very guttural, like, no. And you feel like, you know, because she's exhausted, they've literally tried yeah, yeah, everything, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't work. But I, I like that though, I like that sense of it. Uh, even when she's in the, at the very end, you know, in the, in like the, the factory or whatever because mm, mm. then when, when kyle reese goes like you said he's the only one who really knew how to deal with or try and deal with it mm. and now it's just her so that it really ramps up the tension well because now you're like oh god she doesn't know what she's doing how the yeah, hell is she yeah. gonna how the hell is she gonna stop it I, I guess that's the thing i like the most i think about this one, is the way the tension builds mm. it doesn't feel it's a very natural progression from you have all these fast action scenes you have the bits where they pause you know where they finally get to chat a bit and explain about what's mm. going on and then before you get too comfortable with that you're right back into no wait this thing's this thing's coming yeah. after it's 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 a chase it's a chase movie it's not in a i mean that in like a corny way but you know what i mean it's that horror chase thing of yeah. you only get so much time to stop before the killer is right behind you yeah i i, I think that's the element of it that i again fantastic connection to sort of saying it's like a horror film because i never really thought about that but it is in a way mm. it's more of a I'd, I'd actually say it's more of a sci-fi horror than it is a sci-fi yeah. action, really. I mean, yeah, action, it's obviously yeah. got action in it, but it is very similar to that of horror, you know what I mean? Mm. The only big yeah. action sequence that I can really think of would probably be the police station shootout and the, yeah. the truck explosion. Beyond that, yeah. it's very horror, you know? I mean, I, I love... Um, I think going back to the sort of start of the film as well, I really love the the whole thing of the phone book and like going through the other oh, Sarah Connors yeah, first and it's like through, yeah it just begs a question like what if she was first on the phone book she'd be fucked <laughs> you know what I mean she'd be dead well we wouldn't have a franchise <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> no absolutely and uh, just on that bit at the beginning when Kyle appears because obviously mm. you've seen Arnie it's like right we know he's this Terminator or the villain or mm. whatever and then Kyle appears like you say again with not with no context at the beginning so you mm. think is this another ter yeah, uh, you yeah, know, yeah. It could be, is this another Terminator is this is this someone else? And that whole scene where he's like, you know, moving through the, like the shop evading the police. I mm. love that. Or like that atmospheric stuff and he's creeping around. It's just, this movie knows yeah. when to take it like 
quiet like tension and it knows when mm. to go like you say the police station is absolutely i think the right time if you want to do your all that action scene because that oh, really definitely. shows the power of the tur- like you know there's what i think they said like 30 people in that mm. all fully trained gun gunmen they know how to use firearms yeah doesn't matter and it still doesn't work yeah and it's difficult because I, th- I think what the film does really well i mean again i'm not really sure again if this is a horror trope or anything like that but i think it's a uh, it's a great part of the film how they really do take a lot of time to develop these characters in the police station the mm. police chief and you know everyone who's sort of around them the characters who get the lines that is they are yeah, sort of yeah. developed they are sort of actual proper characters and then you get to the police station shooter and they just die like any other extra and i think that's yeah. so like it's so good when a film can do that and just has the balls to just do that without making every character that has a sort of line yeah. important or have some And they sort don't of have to have role. like a dying speech or anything. They're not like, no, exactly. Oh, yeah, like, they just do, they just do that. Kills, yeah. Dead. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Because that's realistic. And I, and I quite like that because realistically, these are police officers who are working in this time period. They're not going to be able to fight a Terminator. It's not realistic. No. And if they get no, shot exactly. with like a heavy duty assault rifle or a shotgun or something, they're going to die. They're just going to yeah, die. They're not going to sit much, there and go, yeah. yeah. Which a lot of films have a sort of tendency to try and do, just to make every character who sort of talks or has a few scenes like by themselves mm. somewhat important. I quite like that this film yeah. didn't sort of shy away from just killing them and just being done with it. I- Absolutely, and I think James Cameron, who, for those who don't know, did direct this, one of mm. his um, very early projects before things yeah. like Titanic and Avatar and all that, which is crazy when you think about mm. it, but... Um, I think he said when he made this because I think he had a hand in writing it as well. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, I, think, I believe um, so. I believe so. Yeah, but I think he said when he made it, he said I think he wanted to make it as well realistic as pot like you said as possible. If a if a futuristic robot is placed in 1984, and how are the people like you say how are they going to combat that? Realistically, the police aren't going to be able to stop him, and all all this stuff will happen. Whereas I think he even said the later films where he didn't have involvement with sort of strayed more into that they just went for more i guess generic action stuff you know regardless of the how mm. real is this sort of thing which you know that, that it's all subjective that's pick your poison but i definitely see where he's coming from in the more i don't say simplistic but do you know what i mean like i say the more realistic angle this film tries to yeah tries to go for i, I, guess. I, I yeah. think a lot of that could also be down to the um budget as well oh, which God. is famously yeah. A very low budget, I and mean, this mm. film was done on six point four million dollars compared yeah. to the which sequel. Which for Hollywood, yeah. is like yeah. And which compared to the sequel, uh, which had one hundred million dollars. Um, <laughs> right. Well, there you go. <laughs> so there's a yeah, there's a clear like d- difference there, and it just it goes to show. But I think this is a fantastic film, not just in the sense of a classic sort of sci-fi action kind of film, but in the sense of um, filmmaking, I think it's a really important one because it shows that on a very limited budget, and I wouldn't say totally limited because you know I'd love six million dollars. Give me some. <laughs> what but, should we all? But yeah. um, it's you know, it, but I think for a film, for a feature-length film of that sort of era, that is quite a low budget, and to make something mm. truly iconic and create a fantastic franchise from it, I think is incredible. Um, yeah. And I think it does say a lot about filmmaking. It, it, it's a lot of a, you know, I don't want to say like inspiration, but if people are trying to get into like action and all that sort of thing, to create something low budget with like yeah. limited practical effects, this film holds up better than some of the modern stuff. And I think oh God, that says a yeah. lot. And that was done on such a small budget, you know? 
Absolutely, it's... and I think it, it shows as well that the story triumphs, you know. Oh, I mean, it sounds, yeah, yeah. if you break it down, it's such a simple concept. A, a, a robot from the future comes back to chase someone and mm. hunt them down. It, so, it sounds very simple, but obviously one of, I guess the appeal of stories like that is they have held over mm. the years, and it's the way, the way, as we said, the way in which it's done, the pacing of it, the building of the the way the tension's built, the action mm. set pieces that there are are handled very well. The, like I said earlier, the whole futility of it for the for the two humans, the struggle mm. that they... Because I think every time they encounter the Terminator, obviously up until the end, it feels like they're one step closer to death from it. That's how I feel anyway. It's like, yeah. you know, the first time they get away sort of decently, they have that shootout in the bar, mm. but, you know, they've mm. got a distance. But every time it feels like he's one step closer to, like, snatch it yeah. i guess for those who enjoy the, the the game show the chase it is like that you almost think of it the terminator's the chaser yeah. and he's one step closer to to catching you that's how it feels like I think. Yeah, yeah no definitely um, I, I i love that analogy that's brilliant um but yeah no i i think it it does achieve a lot like a hell of a lot mm. um again mentioned before with a small budget but also just generally in that era um and we'll talk about the rest of the franchise later on but i'm mm. I am shocked that they didn't manage to get more than a couple good films out of it. Yeah, it's it. I mean, I've because since it's such a strong them, concept. It's such yeah, a I of, I love like the world of the t- you know like the yeah, world, yeah, the yeah. lore and the world of it. It's and the idea, even the future stuff. You know, I like that idea, but yeah, it just seems along the way. And you say we'll get more onto it later, but along the way, that just I think it's a mixture of different visions because James Cameron did the first two. And I think most people would agree those two are the most yeah. like cohesive, most mm-hmm. well-wrapped stories. And then, then you, as you go on, and James Cameron's not involved anymore, and there's different studio heads, and there's different decisions. And I'm mm. not saying you can't tell different stories because, of course, you can. Of but course. I think, I think they all, sometimes I feel like with some of the later films, they try and pretend that those first two films don't exist, and it's like we've never seen a Terminator film before, which I think yeah. only gets you so far course and i think that yeah. you, you're you bang on there because i mean it's it is a difficult one i mean i'm looking at the franchise and again we'll talk about this later but it's mm. you're right i think when james cameron steps off it's it's almost like people are sort of explained everything to yet again um yes which is weird when and it comes to stuff whole... like genesis again i know we'll talk about this later i'm going to try and move yeah, on yeah. Quickly, but like with genesis where it is based off the first film it, it relies on you knowing the first film to sort of enjoy it to the sort of maximum yeah. degree so why does that also need to explain the basics it's just yeah it's yeah. it's all and, and and i think i think <clears throat> one thing people seem to struggle with in terms of the people making these films is the whole is the time travel concept and i know time travel in film you know you can, it's a minefield everyone's got different rules and but i think in that first one really like you said mm. they i know they have the flash forward but they really keep it to just dialogue they don't they don't need to delve into the complexities of it mm. they just you know it's i'm from the future if you die this if you know this is going to happen mm. and you get it you get the you get you get the concepts of it yeah yeah and i know you weren't a great fan of the flash forward i i kind of like it well i because i like sorry go on i do i do like the actual um imagery of it oh like yeah the, the, yeah. the imagery of it's fantastic the what what the sort of the technology that they use and how they do it it's more just i love what the film does about just being like in the time zone that it's in and being a sort of sure. horror type thing that when they sit mm. down and have a conversation about oh what tell me more about the future it's like oh come on <laughs> like <laughs> I, yeah i know like i i and i know it's like 
this is obviously it has to do that because it's the first film in the franchise um mm. but they like the, the sort of amount of times they do sit down and i love the conversation so the dialogue is great and it does all make sense but when it's like sat going oh tell me about this it's like it just feels a little sometimes sometimes a little ham-fisted um yeah but beyond that sure. like it's fine i mean the, the again the visuals of the flash forwards are great it's just when mm. it's sort of the key thing i just wish the yeah. film didn't rely so much on um the future stuff which i know it has to yeah. because that's where the kept the, like two of the main three characters come from but it's i i quite enjoy just again as you said the sort of horror concept of it just being a sort of killer hunting these people down mm. Um, you yeah. can have a few lines to explain it away, but you know they knew that they didn't know whether this was going to be popular or not. They never knew if they were going to get a sequel. But it would have been more interesting, I think, to see this as a more basic film, and then mm. the sequel to really build on that. Yeah, um, like leave it more up to the audience's imagination when you're talking about yeah, the yeah. future sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I, I see that view. Yeah, I think with me, the flash forward. Like, say, I agree with you in terms of like how it looks and how it's presented. Mm. I just think. For me, I've always found it was it was the right. Again, I think it's it's hard because obviously I came into the whole franchise with Salvation first, which for anyone who doesn't know is set entirely in this future where the machines have mm. taken over. Um, so I think for me, I kind of enjoyed it being as short as it was that snippet. I felt That's it was just enough yeah. to give like it's like here's a glimpse of what life's like. It's bleak. It's desolate. Humanity is mm. literally on mm. its last legs, and it seems like no matter what we do, like I love that whole thing of the the intruder you know they said it's mm. the one who gets into their camp and starts shooting everything up because again i think that just adds to this whole and i keep saying it a lot but it's the word i think that's most appropriate the whole futility of of man in this fight with mm, machine it's like no matter what man does when man needs to stop and recuperate well machines don't stop and it just yeah. proves that they can infiltrate and yeah some people say it's a bit too bleak but i think for the for the concept they're pushing mm. and for the angle they're pushing i i feel it's kind of justified but yeah, yeah no just, of course i think that's I, I think that's fair enough i think the like the general um idea of the film and, and the lore it tries to create i think it works it works perfectly fine mm. i just there's something i think maybe because i'm familiar with the franchise already i'm just sort of like i don't sure. really want to hear more about it and i think again yeah. <laughs> maybe after seeing like salvation as well um mm. which i did I, I i watched these in order in fairness but when i watched i think when i watched <laughs> salvation i was kind of just like i don't i don't yeah i don't i don't it's... it just made me realize i don't really have much of an interest in that era of this franchise and what they're doing around then i mean it's cool here and there but yeah again... i will say though i think terminate especially the first one obviously as we said it's timeless it holds yeah, up really yeah, yeah. well but it's one of those films where i think the first time if you see it first in the front and it's the first time you've seen it that's when it holds um the most impact like mm -hmm. um i know my girlfriend currently I showed it to her a few months ago. Again, for the first, she knew roughly mm. what the Terminator was, but she'd never seen any of the films. Of course, and um, and she loved it. Again, mm. she loved that whole low-key horror angle. Uh, she found the jumpy moments genuinely jump, like yeah. you know, tension building. And um, she actually found, and something I'd never really seen before. She found some real, I guess, like emotional parts in it as well, which I think we can delve more when we get to like the characters and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So it, it, it just, I, I find it really interesting to watch films like this with people who've never seen them before, of course, and just let them experience it. It's such a unique thing, I think, to do. Mm. Well, I think with you know with James Cameron, I think he does, he does enjoy his action, 
um, in his films, mm. depending on, it doesn't matter what the sort of genre it is, it's always kind of like an action-y kind of, uh, type one. With this being one of his earlier ones, um, I think this shows a lot of promise and character because it doesn't have to rely mm. on um, that sort of CGI or the yeah, massive effects yeah. and stuff. It does, it, because of the budget restraints, it does have to rely more on story and character development. And I think that's what really sells this for me. Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's 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 great to see where it went. But I think this, and I maybe I need to watch Judgment Day again. But I think this is still mm. probably one of my like probably my favorite, only because it's okay. Yeah. I mean, ever so slightly. Again, I haven't seen Judgment Day in years, and I know that like mm. that is the that's the good one. That's the one everyone <laughs> says is the best. But I think there's yeah. there's something about this which I don't know appeals more to that sort of horror nature, which I quite like. Yeah, it's mm. low budget. Yeah, it's a bit shit in places. And Judgment Day does basically everything like this, but better. Um, yes. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, I think the original is 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 brilliant, and I think yeah. in a lot of places has a lot of great ideas and a lot of promise. And I'm glad that they did something with that. I mean, yeah. I'm glad that they did something with that up until the ter- the 2000s. Um, which is I would have happily <laughs> yeah, the new millennium. Yeah. I would happily have them stop at that point, but yeah, there we go. Yeah, no, I I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, the first, as we said, I to some degree, it's definitely timeless, like of its yeah. of its of its era, of its of its genre, um, as a mm. as we said, performances as well. And I just think, you know, I, as I said near the start, I think I I definitely say this is the most unique out of the franchise. Mm. Um, mm. Not that the others aren't unique, but I feel this one, as you as we've discussed, really leans at not more towards the standard action adventure sort of thing and leans more into action horror horror thriller horror mm. sci-fi whatever you want to call it and for that like you said yeah. i think now when you revisit the terminator like every time i've seen it several times and every time i go back even though i know what's coming i still find it more and more interesting due to like the tone of it the build of it yeah, so yeah it's different yeah it's it's mm. built different basically um I, I just I think it I, again I, I totally agree with you there I think it's it is interesting because of its different angle and because it was restricted it had to do something I think personally quite like more interesting especially when you look at how the franchise has developed since um, mm, mm. and where that's gone because everyone from there is basically an action film I don't know I mean Terminator is an action film but yes yeah I think the it's it's less of an action much less of an action film than the other ones and I think that is quite interesting as an idea that i'd actually forgotten about before i uh, uh rewatched yeah. it yeah um, absolutely and i think just to touch on as well that yeah uh, the music of this film is brilliant oh god yeah brad um, fidel bow down fantastic bow down. um score i mean i know obviously again the score is developed more in um terminator 2 and you've got sort of the more iconic score there with the theme um but something that really stood out to me for this film is this constant like almost like robotic heartbeat that plays through like most of the film when oh, the Terminator's yes. on screen. Yes. And it's just that sort of impend it doesn't have to be anything complex, it's just like a yeah. couple notes and it's just it works so oh, well. Oh god. That added to the film it's, so much. Yeah. And it, yeah. It's so intimidating as well. Oh yeah. Like as you say, like you, when you when you hear it you're like, oh like oh shit. You yeah, know, yeah, he's yeah. he's here. It's it's such a good I think as you say, Brad Brad Fidel, the composer, who is brilliant, um as they didn't need to do like a grand sweeping 
like there's not many grand light sweeping uh, bits in it really mm. there's a lot of recurring themes and what I love is I mean I'm a big synth lover anyway a lot of it is synthesizer yeah, yeah, yeah. which again I think was partly budget like you said maybe they couldn't afford like a full orchestra whether even if mm. that was the intention or not but I kind of like how this one is has that very 80s synth sound to it because I feel it uses the uh, the artificialness of a synthesizer to its advantage. I think sometimes you listen to synth music, uh, whether it's pop music or films, whatever, from the 80s, mm. and the artificialness kind of ruins it a bit or yeah. makes it sound a bit hollow. Whereas here, I think even the Terminator theme itself, like I say, it's not the most iconic rendition, but mm. you hear those synths and it, it just it sets the scene, it works. And yeah, yeah, one yeah. of my favorite, uh, well, two of my favorite bits of score, uh, there's one bit in the flash forward. Uh, again, it's very it's very low. It's not big or grand. It's just no. like a very low drone, and it really helps embellish that. You know, the world, this whole the world is fucked, and we are. <laughs> yeah. You know, what yeah, I mean? yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And then, and then the other one is actually the slower, more piano rendition of the Terminator mm, theme mm. in a, uh, in the oh, the love scene. Should the we love call scene. it? It's just yeah. the love scene. But um, and I remember when I first heard it because I knew the Terminator theme, and at first I was like, "Well, this is a bit awkward. Like, I wouldn't imagine the Terminator theme during." something like that but again upon reflection it it does it yeah, yeah. It, it's nice to have that more simple um elegant if that's the word like yeah emotionally fronted bit of music for this moment and yeah. i think it's the only time where you really hear it in the film but i think because of that it works so much it works so much better yeah no i i, I couldn't agree more i think you're, you're bang on there um but we are about half an hour in we're going to take a little bit of a break. Mm. On the topic of uh, music, which is a very nice note to end on, when we return, we'll be talking about Adam's pick for the record spinner before talking about the main three characters and their performances in the film. See you after the break. Welcome back to the second part of the Terminator review for Spill Your Beans. I'm here with Adam Martin, still. Hello. Yeah, hello. Um, still here. We're going to be doing our first little segment now, which we call The Record Spinner. Now, you may or may not be familiar with it, but I did ask you to sort of have a think about a few film soundtracks that you like and all that sort of thing. This is basically just to pick out and highlight one film soundtrack, score, or a singular track... It's been singular mm. tracks so far from Josh Carr and Cooper Britton um, mm. that you'd want to have, like a sort of an exclusive one-off. If you could never listen to anything else again from any film, you just have this yeah. one track or one soundtrack. Yeah. What do you think Ooh. you would highlight? <sighs> do you know what? This was, as you said, when you asked me, this was so tough mm. because there's so many um, good soundtracks. But for some inspiration, I actually turned to a my vinyl shelf because mm. i do like to collect vinyl and i have a yeah, fair yeah. few soundtracks because i thought if i have it on vinyl it's highly likely they're the ones i'd probably remember the of most course. and just some some honorable mentions in there um, there were uh, the top gun soundtrack which is just wonderful um things like saturday night fever and i had some disney i know this all probably mm. sounds very basic <clears throat> to some film enthusiasts out here but you know what can i say um <laughs> Tarzan, the Disney one, just because, I mean, I love Phil Collins anyway, and that soundtrack absolutely slaps. Um, uh, there was one individual track as an honourable mention, which was um, For Your Eyes Only, uh, the mm. James Bond theme um, by Sheena Easton. It's probably one of the most, like, low-key Bond themes. It's more, it's yeah, a straight yeah. ballad more than anything else. But um, 
no, I just I just really dig it. But um, no, there was one. Um, there was one. It's a soundtrack. I'll say that Ooh, now. Oh, our soundtrack. first soundtrack. That's yeah. Exciting. And I'm it, for people. <clears throat> it's probably gonna be a film when I say it. People will go, what? Like <laughs> that one? Um, but I would be adding the soundtrack to the 2016 film Eddie the Eagle by Matthew Morganson. Okay, that is an interesting so, choice. Yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, Eddie the Eagle is a British, I say athlete, um, he was a guy who, <laughs> who <laughs> that sounds really horrible. Yeah, no, but, um, well, you know, you're was, not wrong. Well, you know. <laughs> He was he was a guy who was a kid really wanted to be in the Winter Olympics mm. uh, and he he ended up representing the UK in ski jumping in the 1988 Olympics. Uh, he wasn't brilliant. He was very much an amateur, but just rules at the time meant that he could he could do it and all that. And it's basically his story, how he got there, what he strived to do, etc., etc. Now, obviously, this is a very it's set predominantly in the 1980s, and what Matthew did was basically all of the soundtrack. Is mm. very much what you'd hear as if this film was made in the 80s. As nice. we mentioned with the term, it's a lot of synths. It's a lot of um, those sort of sounds, which I love anyway. I'm a big 80s fan of music. Um, but there's just something very also like ethereal and joyous about it. There's there's a lot of really like rousing tracks that make you like just feel really good, really like pumped for your day. I've mm. listened to the soundtrack on days where I felt like really low if I need like a sort of a boost in energy um there's tracks mm. on there that are very low-key if you want something a bit more ethereal and emotional um mm. yeah it's it's just such a good pick and i know again like the f- the film is not perfect right the film is not gonna probably end up in the like hall of fame anytime soon or anything like that no but that was but... the one thing i took away from that film the most like the music in that film was so so good so faithful to the era that it's representing and just so unique because I think when I've heard a lot of soundtracks that try to do the 80s, shall we say, mm. you can often pick out the riffs of like you know the famous pop songs of the day that they're putting in there. You know they're they're, ju- they're just basically copying riffs. Whereas mm. this one feels complete, you know, composed from scratch, completely original, and I love that. It's like a new 80s soundtrack. So yeah, um, Matthew, it's either Morgson or Margison. Um, Go and check out his work for sure. Not just Eddie the Eagle, mm. a fantastic composer. But yeah, that will be uh, my album. I'll put on the uh, the record spinner's shelf. I think. Yeah, well, that's that's a brilliant inclusion. I really like that. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. I, that's that's brilliant. I don't know what else to sort of say to that because I, I <laughs> I'm not too familiar with the soundtrack, but I'm definitely going to go and have a listen to it. Um, a listen to it now. Mm. Um, not now, but after. Oh, I highly the recommend it. Any listen. <laughs> Any listeners yeah. as well. It should be, you know, in all the usual places, Spotify, Apple Music, all that sort of stuff. Just just give it a listen. I mm. would say once, well, if you want to see it with the film, you know, you'll know which bits are what. But if you just also want to listen to it, it's it's just a great soundtrack on its own. I really dig it. So, yeah, mm. for, first album for yourself. Sorry it's not Citizen Kane or anything like that, movie enthusiasts. No, <laughs> no not at all. Or Gone is, with the Wind or anything like that. <laughs> is, there, is there a specific track in this um, sort of album? of um, music Ooh, that you think that would like, me, stick out. I'll just quickly... Obviously, the whole thing will go on the uh, record spinner. I'll just quickly spinner, drag up the soundtrack Do you myself. have any idea? Uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's so... <laughs> there's so... Let me just view all of them here. Um, I think one of my... Uh, one of my favourite ones, actually, 
is uh well i'll pick two just to be awkward i'll pick uh, uh there's a track called first jump at calgary which is well that's where the um, winter olympics take place and it's the mm-hmm. first time he goes for a jump and the way you know the tension sort of builds it's because you think they set it well you're on a really high fucking mountain mm. and you're about mm. to jump free fall as well once you're in the air that's it you know you've got a you've got to stick that landing. It just builds that really well. And also, um, Eddie jumps the 90 meter, which is mm. the second to last track that I'm looking at. Cause again, that's like sort of the big crux of the film. And yeah, yeah you yeah. know, if you're not familiar, I'll let you watch it or listen to it, but just with, with how it pairs up in the film, it's, it's such a great track, mm. but yeah. So probably one of those two for me, let's say for sake of ease, let's say Eddie jumps the 90 meter will be my singular track. That's good. Um, but yeah, but the whole album guys, honestly, please, like, please do, go and check it out it's just if you like 80s music especially if, or if you like the sound of the 80s then this will definitely be something that's that's up your street for well, sure that's brilliant that's a great pick i hadn't I, again i've seen the film i watched it in cinema i haven't um i haven't had time to listen to the soundtrack i haven't really thought about it it's not one that i um picked out but you know part of making this segment is not just to sort of appreciate um sort of film music that maybe gets a bit underlooked because i mean when people think of film soundtracks you know they think of jurassic park they think of star wars you think oh of yeah so yeah, yeah. i really wanted to sort of with this sort of segment stretch out the idea of sort of opening people up to new ideas and this is perfect for it um but not just people yeah. myself as well because i love my film soundtracks and i yeah. admittedly didn't didn't think anything of uh, eddie the eagle as a that's potential fair. Fair. film soundtrack that's that was like anything of note so i'm definitely going to go and check that out at some point so shifting over to the terminator again um now we're going to be talking yeah. about the characters the specific main three arnold schwarzenegger mm-hmm. lindle lindle linda lindle <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Linda, that'd be a test now. Call her that for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> Linda Hamilton and Michael Bean. At least how I think that I, I hope that's how it's yeah. pronounced. Um, but if not, there's a good nickname. So the main cast <laughs> thoughts, because obviously we, we talked about the story. We 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 really discussed that in quite in depth, um, and we try to stay away from talking specifically about the characters. But now we are here. Yeah. No. Well, start with the main man himself, Arnie. Yeah. I mean. Again, weird for me because I think growing up in like mainly the early, you know, early to late 2000s, mm. Arnie by that point had sort of, in a positive way, become a bit of a meme, you know, yeah. known for his goofy catchphrase, you know, get to the chopper, yeah. put that cookie yeah. down. All the, he'd become a bit of a, in a positive, I'm not being rude, but like, you know, become a bit of a joke. Everyone used the quotes and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's so a, he I, a joke. <laughs> he is, I mean, he yeah. is, but. But he embraces it, mm. which is lovely. But um, also, so when I saw this, you know, I was expecting all, like, just basically a load of catchphrases, basically. And it were, But again, he, you can tell he takes this just as seriously as the director, producer, and other actors are. Of course, there is the infamous, I'll be back. But I don't, it's not played for laughs. It's no. literally just, he's literally just saying it. And then... I guess the one line that everyone remembers is like, you know, the fuck you asshole because he picks that That's response. a great moment. But I'd, Yeah. It is a great moment, but I'd argue even then it's not necessarily played for last because yeah. it's, it's that yeah. whole, you know, he's, he's, he's processing, he's picking the phrase from what he's heard. It's not, it's not a comedic setup. It just is inherently funny. Um, and Arnie, yeah, Arnie plays it absolutely straight. And I feel what we were saying about the Terminator being really intimidating in this film 
obviously he's got the build because he's he's hench as fuck but um yeah, <laughs> yeah he just well he is he yeah. just but he really he really gets that across and again this is not to he's not the world's greatest actor and i'm not trying to knock him but he i mean i don't think does, anyone's he saying does he stoic. i don't even think he no thinks true he but he, he he does stoic which is what the terminator is you know so well mm. uh, like one of my favorite shots is when when he's going around the houses of the different Sarah Connors, I think it's the first one, you know, when she opens the door, but it's on the chain mm. and it's just like half of his face you can see. Mm. But again, it's just that complete oh, yeah. deadpan. And it just, it works so well for that setup and all those moments where normally humans would emote and he doesn't. Like, you know, in the gunshot, yeah, yeah, yeah. when he's like... That's um, one of my favorite scenes, the gunshot, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when he's just going through everything, so Uzi 9mm and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And again, we laugh because it's you know it's Arnie and Arnie's a bit funny I, and we yeah, all like we, him. Yeah. We all like his voice, but but yeah. I think I imagine if you'd have seen this back in the day when he was only really eighty-four, he was only really known for Conan at this point. I think um, um, yeah, and, yeah. All, all his all his later ones, like you know, there was no Predator, there was no Total Recall, mm. nothing like that yet. So I'd say I may I don't know maybe back if anyone's listening who was who was there, please let us know. Um, you know, maybe people didn't see it as as much of a joke no. then as we might do now. I mean, I wouldn't have thought so. This is the thing I love about him in in this film is that again, and I love Arnie's films generally, um, but mm. again, mainly for the reason as you said, where he is just he's a, he's a big, huge hulk of a man with yes, yeah. just the the funniest like one liner <laughs> deliveries you'll ever see like yeah. maybe unintentionally to some extent but it's so good and yeah like I, I love the terminator but honestly my favorite films of his come more along the lines of like commando um oh, and the commando, running man yeah, yeah. where it's just like um <laughs> I, I can't, sub-zero more like yeah crazy. yeah like <laughs> hey christmas tree oh it's just it's yeah. it's so just campy just totally yeah. unequivocally just it's it joyous doesn't care. it's and I, joyous I, <laughs> and i think that's that's great and i think it's a shame he didn't do more films like that but i think even with with, with the terminator though i think as, as you say like the his style although like some of the lines definitely have been sort of picked up and memed i think in the context of the film it's it works it's quite oh, scary God. it's quite yeah. intimidating you know if you go on yeah. YouTube and you watch the clip of him in the gun shop and you go, do was in nine millimeter? And you're like, you're sort of, yeah, like it's, it's, it's funny because it's just a clip. Yeah. When you watch it in the context of the film, there's still part of it which is like, oh, yeah. it's quite fun. But it's also like, I just like this scene. I love it. He's just, yeah. it's just the gun guy's just at the shop trying to get stuff on the shelf and he just starts putting the shells mm -hmm. in. He doesn't even care. And I just like, yeah, he doesn't care. That's a bad gun yeah, shop. I know. Why that are the is? shells just <laughs> on the counter? Yeah, uh. that's. One of my favorite reveals, actually, I've just remembered in this mm. film, is when um, Sarah tries to call a friend. I uh, can't remember her name. You know, a, a, yeah, girl, yeah, yeah, a yeah, female yeah, friend. Yeah. And she's talking on the phone. And you slowly pan up from her dead body to Arnie just standing there, like, miming it. I think that's such so a great reveal. So and again, Arnie, Arnie plays it completely seriously. And, like, I think had he had he leaned into like the i say it, the meme a bit more mm. it wouldn't have worked as well and like he does that in the later films but i'd argue that's more because the writers have written it that yeah. way because when he talks about this character i don't know if you've seen any in but whenever he talks about the terminator he takes it very serious you know he knows what this character is and yeah. he takes it very seriously which i think is great you know as any actor should with their role no matter how complex or simple it is but 
yeah, I just think in this film he's definitely the most intimidating here. I think. Oh, absolutely. I think it's it's mm. his best serious role, um, mm. because mm. it's just the it was the role he's born to play. Because he doesn't really have to yes. do much acting; yeah. he just has to look intimidating, which he does. You know, mm. as I said, he's a mm. like he's a massive man. And he's got a very blank yeah. expression, which is quite scary. Mm. And the voice is fantastic; it's intimidating. And I think it actually, yeah. in, in a weird way, you know, a lot of people, we, we, we sort of joke about the stuff because, again, he was picked up later on for stuff like Twins, Kindergarten Cop, bloody yeah, Batman yeah, and yeah. Robin, Jingle All the Way, don't you know, getting me started on that <laughs> shit. But, oh, the pinnacle. But, of like, <laughs> with, it is weird because he's, it, it actually takes quite a bit, a weird level of talent to be like, oh, he can do, like, exactly the same job of acting and give us totally different performances in a sort of stupid comedic sense that's like meme to death but also one that is serious and actually quite scary if they strayed oh God, away yeah. from the uh, like action a little bit arnie could have been like one of like the classic horror characters you know what i mean yeah like the friend the, you're the absolutely Kruger's, spot on all that sort of thing like you're so spot on because i think as well and I've been an actor myself, I've heard this before, mm. it is very difficult to play bland and stoic mm. because I think it's, it, yes, you can do it, but if you don't, it can sound boring so easily. Arnie doesn't make it boring. Yeah. He takes that bland, stoic, methodical nature of what the Terminator is, but he somehow manages to inject life into it. Mm. I know that might sound a bit like there, but... That's the only way I can describe it. He doesn't. He he is not just standing there saying, you know, I am a Terminator. I will. Yeah, that's. It's not boring. I don't feel bored watching him or his performance in this. Mm. He he gets across what this thing is, making it terrifying. And even in the most action moments, when you know humans, you'd be expressing. Case in point, when he's in the truck and he's chasing them, and they're. Uh, I love that shot when uh, Kyle and Sarah are running in the middle of the road and the truck slowly approaches oh, over yeah, the yeah. hill. Brilliant. And that's a great shot in general. But then you cut to, like, you know, they're running, they're expressing, they look panicked. Then Arnie's just there, you know, with that, as you said, that bland, bland sort of, face yeah. at this point with one red eye as mm. well, which looks terrifying. And he's, you know, he's not expressing anything, which makes it better because he's just there, like, methodical doing his job. But yeah, I think you summarized it well. This is the role he was born to play yeah absolutely 100 percent. and i think like i do love his other films again like he's brilliant in like commando and you know predator and oh that yeah sort of thing. yeah but i think with the terminator it is his role he totally embodies it and i could not imagine this film working or any of the terminator films working that's referring to the ones that did work um without arnold schwarzenegger with someone else i yeah it's yeah. it's mad to think because in his other films, he's not like he's not the world's best actor, but like this, I could not imagine anyone else playing this role. I could not imagine anyone yeah. else as the Terminator. And I love the different interpretations of different Terminator models in the other films. Don't get me wrong, but no one else could have done what Arnie does in that film. I don't think. Oh yeah, yeah. Without in that specific it. film, that performance. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, it's, and yeah. I think you know there's some overacting later on in the franchise yeah, by other people, definitely. but we'll we'll get definitely. to that. But um, but then of course you know Vani, but Linda Hamilton as mm. well. Like my God, you know for a for a relative, I'm, I think at least back then, at least here in the UK, I don't think she was that well known back then mm. in the eight to my to my knowledge. I, she might be known in the US a bit, but you know for her to play 
this character, and I know it gets said a lot, but it is true. You know, in the mid '80s, there were simply not that many very strong-minded, very independent, you know, um, female characters mm. in in action or horror films like this. You know, especially in horror. Let's face it. Back then, in things like Halloween and Friday the Thirteenth, the girls and the boys, to be fair, it was literally just, oh my god, there's a killer. Mm. Let's let's scream and run away, and then we'll be killed. You know, it was very formulaic. And whilst Linda does get across, as we mentioned earlier, that frightened nature of certain... Because you would be. You'd be fucking terrified if this was happening around you. But she also has those moments where she really, like, takes charge. She really, like, pushes forward. She pushes Francis. She... Especially at the end when uh, Kyle's injured and she still pushes Mm. him on, even though she's got not a fucking clue what to do. Mm. Um, I really like that. And this is very much, I'd argue, this is very much her film as it is Arnie's film. Because whilst it is about a robot who's coming back to kill someone, it is also about a woman who is thrown into a situation completely out of her depth Mm. and yet has to find a way through it, basically. Ends up killing a Terminator. And I just think... Ends up killing a Terminator. And even in the fun scenes, that what people say, like the inconsequential stuff, you know, like near the beginning, when she's just like hanging out with her mates mm. or anything like that, she feels very genuine. And that, that's, I think that's, that's another thing, thing that's... That's with Linda Hamilton's performance. It's, it's such a, a range just in one film. Like, it's mm. a very believable... Mm. She, be she could be a very believable side character at the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And like, like I really love how she does that performance i think it's it's so just i don't want to say generic because she's clearly a good actor as shown in this film but i think you see so many films like that she just blends in so well and then the second Mm. things start to go wrong she just adapts to it the character feels believable you feel like you're actually watching this woman like suffer and trying to like work out what's going on in the moment she's doing all the right things there's so many films especially action films especially horror films we are like well you would just do that but she does. She just yeah, calls the police. Yeah. She stays where she's told to stay. And it, it doesn't <laughs> go right, but she manages to get out of it. And it's it's so well done. Um, I was a bit Absolutely. worried with the relationship aspect of, of the story initially when I rewatched it. Sure. Because I, I forgot yeah. that she thought Kyle Reese was actually the one to like, try and kill her. Yes. Um, so yeah. I was thinking, how are they going to develop that? Because I couldn't exactly remember how they went about that. But I think it worked quite well, and I think like I think she, again she made that believable. She made the the transition from Absolutely. being like shit scared this guy to like falling in love with him totally believable. Um, and by the end of the film, that sort of final scene where she's in the sort of in the truck on the road, you know, just going out to nowhere, mm. that is so yeah. well done, and you can see the development just in that performance so well from the beginning to the end of one film is that, that's incredible. You know, you don't see that in a yeah, lot of modern films. Yeah, to do it films, in like man. ninety minutes or however long yeah. the film is, is 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 mad. And and like you say, she's the whole relation. I love that setup when Kyle's following her to the club, mm. and you know she's like, "Oh, I think someone's stalking you." Because of course, you yeah, think you that. would. That's this a guy, normal this, thing to think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, this weird-looking guy in a trench coat is just following you, and then he's hanging mm. around. Yeah, like yeah, it's it's very. And like you said, when he even though he rescues her from that club. You'd st- as a, at first, yeah, you'd still be shit scared yeah. of him because it's like this guy's just come out of nowhere. He's he's sa- he saved me, granted, but he's now pulled me in a car and he's not letting me leave and he's not telling me what's going on. It's like you said, it really leans into I think what James Cameron wanted this to be a very mm. relatable. If 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 this scenario were to happen in real life, you know, this is probably how it would turn out to some degree. Mm. And the 
the relationship thing in general, I mean, bringing to the, the, the love scene in the, in the motel, mm. I know I mentioned it earlier, but as I said, my girlfriend, when I showed her this, she found that scene leading up to it very emotional, yeah. like very yeah. emotional. And I thought, I found that so interesting because when I watched it, because for anyone who doesn't know, I mean, spoilers if you haven't seen it, but if you, if you haven't seen it, what, then I don't listening? know why you're yeah. listening to this now. I mean, I, I mean so, I'm, go, I'm not saying go. don't listen to it, watch the film and then come oh, back no, and like, listen yeah, to it again. Yeah. That's the best way yeah, to do you might have a bit more understanding <laughs> of what we're talking about, but um, yeah, because you know th- that's one of the few moments where they get to sit down and just you know talk mm. about you know what the f- what the fuck is going on, and um, when Kyle explains it and he shows her the photo or ha- explains about the photo he had of her and that you know he fell in love with her there mm. and he came back in time. He, bear in mind, we learned then he c- he can't go back. Mm. Like this is it now, and um, but he did that for her, and I think for me. When I watched it when I was a bit younger, I sort of thought, oh, that's a bit, you know, kitschy, cliche, blah, 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 what, yeah, you know, yeah, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Um, and I said to my girlfriend, you know, she was really taken by it. She found it very moving. And I, I just said, you know, what, how come? Like, what was it? And she said, well, again, just the way it's written and the way it's performed. Michael, B, you know, the way he says, I can't go back. Like, mm. I, all, all the people I knew. I can't see them again, but I did it because I fell in love with whether it's her or the idea of Sarah Connor. And then he fell in love with her as he mm. met her sort of thing. She just really found that very powerful, I suppose. Yeah. I think, you know, and, and when she said it, I saw, I, I did understand it in a mm. way. And I, I do see when I watch it now, I do view it with that more, I guess, emotional angle because, you know, imagine that as a choice, you know, if you're, you're in this future where everything's fucked, but imagine there's one sliver of a chance mm. you could resolve it but it means giving up everything you've got here family friends whatever and you might not even succeed there's a very high chance that you'll mm. fail and he did that because he fell in love with the idea of this person and then how i interpret it and then you fell in love with her f- for real as he met her i think that's very for me i think that's very powerful storytelling yeah to be i think it was very i think it yeah. was very well done i totally agree with you that i think um yeah, I, I think it, again, it just it it worked. I don't remember how I felt the first time I watched it because it was many years ago now. But um, when I rewatched it, I, I, it did work. I thought it would be a little bit cliche and a little bit sort of on the nose, but actually, it worked as yeah. a really good twist for the film. When you realise that, mm. like, you can't you can't go back, but also that's like why he's chosen to come here, and then obviously realising yeah. that like he's John Connor's dad is such a clever little twist yeah, of the tail it's, it's like so that yeah again first time you yeah. see it first time you see it and then it all click because they mentioned jo- they mentioned john connor you know Reese just says oh you know he's your son he's your son mm. um but yeah they keep it vague i think right until the very well the very end when you see sarah connor pregnant at the at the yeah. truck stop and then it's all like oh okay you know reese is the father and all that stuff but that's yeah, brilliant it's brilliant that is, uh, it, it's so well put together um it's just it's a really it is a weird one but it it works so well it's something that Mm. like the film could have been done and could have been easily as good without it but it it does it does add to it and it's like a choice that didn't need to be there could have messed it up a little bit weirdly but actually worked really well and actually adds to the story and makes it this complete and proper narrative and i think that's where the other films bar of course judgment day sort of go wrong because mm. they are just basic action yeah. films this feels developed it feels like the director the writer they understand the story inside and out 
and that like that shows and when it when a writer director can do that it shows in the film and it makes a better film absolutely with the sort of yeah and i think it's with a lot of franchises as well same with sort of like alien um now i'm a, I'm a fan of the prequel alien films but the sort of later ones okay. you know alien cubed and alien resurrection it's like you can tell it's just <laughs> yeah it's those sorts of franchises and same with predator where it's just continued for the sake of it for money where the yeah, people who money. are working yeah. on it as much as i respect like their effort and their work and all that sort of thing there is a spark missing and that spark is genuinely just creative storytelling doing something different yes and doing yeah. something different isn't just off-screen killing one of the main characters and going ah didn't expect that yeah surprise um, yeah <laughs> but it's like you creating like an actual living breathing world um is so hard to do on initial thing but it's actually even harder to do with sequels and it goes yeah. to show when if your writer director for a story for the future terminator films isn't up to scratch with james cameron's world building and can't breathe their own ideas into it don't make the film and that's the mistake don't that's been made that's the mistake else. that's been made is it's tried to be it's tried to be rebooted so many times tried to do new things but it's all just oh a different type of terminator or, or a different type of yeah, time travel it's, it's like you need to do something that really breathes life into it and that's what this film i feel does especially with this sort of yeah. romance subplot it really creates this world it really creates this genuine feeling around the characters of kyle mm. reese um it and does absolutely and i love the fact they clearly made some decision like mm. one thing i i get it to some degree especially if films are hoping for sequels but as you said they didn't mm. know necessarily back then they, they would even do one but um, I like the fact they made some like finality mm. in it. Like you know, the whole we say about the impact of that emotional mm. scene. If they had established it where oh he can go back to the future, then that scene would not be anywhere no. near as powerful. Yeah. Um, but it, it's the fact that we get re as you say we get revealed then he's like I can't go back. I gave all of this up for the chance of meeting you and knowing that he'll probably mm. die, that he won't succeed. I think when you realise the finality of that decision, that's what makes the power yeah. of it. Where you know, there's so many films, both back then and now, where you have these good ideas, these good concepts, these very powerful concepts. But then it's like, oh, but we'll leave it open. You know, he's dead, but we might. There might be a way to bring mm, him back, mm. or oh, we can't go back there. Oh, but at the end, oh, but now we can because of yeah. X, Y, and Z. I like the finality of this film, like you were saying as well about the police officers just being, even the, even the ones who had speaking lines, they were they the deaths didn't linger it was just like right done yeah uh, yeah they make some decision that's why i like there's decisions in this yeah. film regardless of who the characters are what the circumstances but i think yeah. and um yeah but i think i think generally like the the performances really the back that up um with, oh for sure again yeah. with michael just bean for michael yeah. bean yeah i was gonna say i feel bad for i, I mean there's not really, i think i don't think second, there's but... too much to say i think he's just he is great in no this film. not I really think he does a fantastic job and i think again we've talked about that scene which i know he's, we've sort of moved on from the hamilton a little bit but that is his sort of moment and it is part of that oh that's and it it, is, yeah. it works yeah. so that's well that's his scene very much so because he's got to sell us the idea of what this is the moment when he tells us mm. as the audience what mm. this future is like and the way he sell you know with the um the way he sells like the bleakness mm. of it the mm. grimness of it and then his and one moment i just remember that i loved and this is for both linda and michael um after he explains that the scene where well it's the same scene sorry where she at first tries to kiss him and at first he doesn't react because i think he's so 
in that world. There's no time yeah. for that in the future. I know it sounds stupid, but there's there's no time to stop and just embrace human it's, passion. It's a subtle part of the so, performance which works so well because it just it mm. you know it's these things that a lot of films are missing now where it's like it's subtlety, and that is a very subtle yeah. thing which tells you a lot about a character. If you can tell us that much about a character in one sort of reaction shot, that is, mm. that's perfect. That's that's exactly what you need to do to make a good film because that, yeah. it just works. It look yeah. It's, yeah, honestly, it's such a subtle, and again, it's one my girlfriend found very powerful that, you know, even mm. though, uh, obviously, Sarah Connor's feeling this passion because to her, it's normal. It's a humor, you know, it's what you showcase each mm. other. But for him, it's such an alien concept by this point that it takes a little, you know, she really has to, help guide him into it. And I just like to say, it's such a subtle, but when you see it, it's a very powerful, like, yeah, it's just a very power. It, it, it just culminates everything that scene's try, yeah. trying to do. And despite it being the one main moment they get to sort of simmer down and have that little bit of mm. romance, it is executed. They use that one scene to the best effect. Let's put it that mm. way. You know, it was handled so, so well. And yeah, Michael Bean, as we said, he kind of gets overshadowed by the other two in terms of what they, they're allowed to do in the film. But yeah, um, he, you know, he's very much the protector, but he does he does that very, he does, very well. I think, I think he, he shouldn't be overlooked. I think that the main three of this film are all brilliant and we've talked a lot about. Um, yeah, I, I think I think they're, they're just great. They're, they, are, they do a fantastic <laughs> just job. just great, yeah. Um, and they're the exact kind of performances that this film needed on such a low budget. Yeah. I can only imagine how this film would have flopped with any other types of performances, with any other actors in those main Absolutely. roles. So I think it's a real testament to those um, specific talents. Yeah. But um, one of those where the stars aligned, the stars aligned, and we got the cast yeah. that this film absolutely. A, a, a full, so. a full star cast um, for this film, which is just again highlighted, goes down for generations. And on the flip side of that, there are a lot of Terminator films which don't have that. Um, and we're going to yeah. be getting onto that after the break. Do you like, do you like oh that little segment? Boy, we yeah. Will. Um, I so like that, I like we're going to be talking about that. We're going to talk about the um, the future Terminator films um, because there have been quite a few. Most of them are shit. Um, yes. <laughs> we'll be getting to that after the little break, which will be going on now. But before we do that, we're also going to be doing um, the other little segment which we've got on here, which is Ooh. I'll get the name right again: 64K Ultra Mega HD range. We're going to be wait <laughs> and we're going to be doing that right after the break so I'll see you in a bit. Hello and welcome back to the final part of our Terminator review here on Spill Your Beans. I'm joined with Adam Martin. Um Hello. we're going to be doing our little segment before we talk about the rest of the Terminator films in the franchise. Yes, this segment yes. is called the 64K Ultra Mega High Definition Range. We ask guests on here to pick out a certain film that they would include in this little collection. It's an exclusive top of the range, you know, move over Criterion Collection, move over Steelbooks 4K. <laughs> yeah, this is the very decide. best exclusive range. Hardly <laughs> anything gets added to it. And we're giving Peak you full, the opportunity to suggest one film that you would put in oh, this God. collection. Um, uh, we've had... Everyone's going to think I'm probably absolute trash um <laughs> don't give me you know film enthusiast you know i i like citizen kane i like i like you gone with the wind but you know everyone everyone picks everyone this, picks this, them this, you know this, they this get picked often 
Well, well, good. <laughs> good's a subjective word. Um, I'll do me honourable mentions. Good, yeah, go so again, I thought mentions. you know, I I couldn't I couldn't whittle it down to just one immediately. So I thought I'll draw up a list. Um, I mean, I mentioned it earlier, but um, Terminator Two is mm. it. Well, it is my favourite film of all time. However, I thought is that too is that too easy? I was like, is that too you know? Is it? Is yeah, it I mean, too yeah easy? it's not. It's not um, even just about favourite film. I think as well just. If you could add a film to yeah, this collection, just... you know the best, the best quality, the best everything. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah it's it's different. Yeah, so that was that was one mm. that had to be an mm. honourable mention, of course. Um, another honourable mention is a, a, a movie I believe you've already talked about on on this show, which is <laughs> Revenge, Revenge of the Sith. Brilliant. Um, um, I mean, it was that was my first Star Wars film in the cinema. Oh wow! I'm um, jealous. I think best of the prequel mm. trilogy. Uh, it's still my favorite Star Wars film. Uh, amazingly, <laughs> um, I just think it's. I just think it deserves a lot more than it yeah. gets. Um, but that's that's not my choice. That's just an honorable mention. Um, I Tonya, um, because was an honorable mention because um, well, I feel I have a bit more bias to that film because I trained as a figure skater for four years. So a film about one of the most iconic figure skaters was going to pique my mm. interest. But um, that film, if anyone hasn't seen it, please go and watch it. Margot Robbie is incredible in that mm. role. And uh, she learned a lot of those ice skating maneuvers herself, which I think is absolute dedication to the craft. Because ice skating, if you've done it, is not yeah. easy in general, let alone figure skating. Um, yeah, Sebastian stands in it as well. He's fan- yeah, 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 go and watch that. But that's an honorable mention. Uh, my last honorable mention was Lady Bird. Um, mm. uh, which I don't I know if you've seen, seen. That, but I've heard I've I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, it's one of those films where you could uh, some people will say it's a film about where like nothing happens. You know, it's very much just it's a film about life. It's a film about life being a a teenager about to embrace adulthood. In this case, in America, and it's a very simple mm. film, but just. Uh, I th- I'm going to get a name wrong. Saoirse Ronan, I think is how mm. you say it. Saoirse Ronan is the lead. The way she embellishes that Ladybird character, I related to it so much. Like, so many aspects of me being a sixth former here in the UK, that age, 16, 17, they realise so beautifully, so accurately. Because yeah, we've all seen, let's face it, we've all seen teen mm. films where they don't act like well, teens. And they usually um, play yeah, it by 30-year-olds as well, yeah. And yeah, Mighty Morphe Power Rangers looking at you. Um, so, but we like that one anyway. Um, but no, the film I'm going to add to the, uh, the mm. this range is a uh, <laughs> it's a little film from 1987 called Mannequin. I can't say I I don't even know if I've even heard of this one. Okay. Okay. So, so for- it is a ve- it is very much if you've seen like some of those goofy 80s movies like uh, Splash with Tom Hanks. Or uh, bachelor parties, another one that springs to mind. It's it's not it's not a masterpiece, right? You know, it's not going to win any Oscars. Um, most people know it now because one of the songs on the soundtrack was "Nothing's Going to Stop Us Now" by Starship, right. which of course still gets a lot of um, airplay yeah. today. Um, the basic premise is uh, I, the the main guy is a uh, is a worker in a shop. You know, he's a bit he's down on his luck. Mm. He, he hasn't really got anything going for him in life. Um, but one thing he works with is the shop window mannequins and by a strange turn of events one of them comes to life a female huh. one and it's about it's basically about their relationship and yes I know that sounds corny but what you what I get so much from this film is just pure entertainment pure joy 
Um, there's a lot of great jokes in it. There's a lot of great heart mm. in this film as well. There's this wonderful character called Hollywood who is uh, so fabulous. Um, he's a gay character. And the only downside is being in the late 80s. There are one or two lines that I can are imagine. outdated, yeah. shall we say. But in terms of him... Embrace, like he's not making a secret about it. He very much embrace, and it's brilliant. You know, mm, for a film mm, of that era, of it's brilliant to see. Um, yeah, and I just, I, I just get so much joy out of it. I, I watched it for the first time about five years ago. I'd heard of it, not seen it, and I felt everything watching it. Like I felt happy, I felt sad, I felt really emotional. I felt, it, I just, I felt everything. And every time I've watched it since, I just get so much joy out of watching this, you know, this silly little eighties movie mm, that mm. you know. It had its day and then disappeared but it's just it's just so much fun if you want a movie that's going to make you smile by the end of it you know just and i think you know if a movie can make you do that that's something yeah you know every time that's something really special so yeah so please if you're going to check it out please don't go into it thinking you're going to be watching you know the, the oscar winning performances or with the biggest budget but i i would like to hope that you would find it entertaining at the hmm. very least and you will get some and it's like you said with this range it's not necessarily about being the best but i wanted to put a film on here that brought me a lot of joy and something i mm. could watch on like my darkest day shall we say and still get some joy out of it so for that reason that's why i'm choosing that is a again. brilliant description because again i i I, I can't. I'm not going to sit here and go, "Oh yes, yes, man." Because I, I have <laughs> oh, one, no yes. idea. <laughs> I, I don't know what this film is. I've never even heard of it. I've just done a, like I've obviously googled it while you were talking. I yeah. it looks very 80s, and I'm actually quite excited to oh, get God, yeah. like round to watching this now because it just it looks like one of yeah. those films, and I'm sure that will that I'll get around to that eventually. Although you say it wasn't Oscar worthy, it apparently did. Hang on. Oh, it did. Oh, did it? Oh. <laughs> um, it no, it got it got it got and nominated was, for original was... song. Yeah, <laughs> of course it did. I mean, that song. Nothing's yeah. gonna. That is. It is a banger. I, can't, of a I didn't song. know it came like, from this It film. is a big, big song. Well, ah, there you, well, go. you see, yeah. that's where, <laughs> and that's where it all starts for people. I'm like, oh well, did you know yeah. it came from? This wonderful look. But yeah, it's very good. Like if you, as I say, if you've seen films like Splash with mm, Tom Hanks, mm, or if mm. you've seen. Uh, like short circuit or think it's very much like in vain of those films where like it's a sure, very goofy sure. premise but that but that you know they they lean into it they're not trying to make a serious gritty like drama of out of it it's just it's just a bit yeah. of fun and that's what move you know i and think that, that's what movies that are a, the end of the day. that is a, a great bit of, bit of reasoning for why this film should be in the 64k ultra mega high definition range yes. i'm gonna find any <laughs> excuse to say that um <laughs> Yeah, that's brilliant. Thanks for that. Um, so no now, problem, just to sort of round up um, what we've been talking about over the last sort of hour or so, we've been talking about the Terminator, the original uh, Terminator film. Yes. But now we're going to yeah. be discussing the other Terminator films. What? Um, <laughs> the others. What? what do you, so I mean, wow. obviously, I mean, let's not say much about Judgment Day because we both know that's brilliant. Yeah, we, you've heard. Yeah, and I think a lot of people. There's know probably that thousands, is the, the, the thousands the of film podcasts yeah. out there which have probably discussed in detail why that's brilliant. Yes. Um, yeah. We know yeah. that's brilliant, and we've been very positive about Terminator for a lot for a lot of this podcast. So I thought this would be quite fun to shit on the bad ones, shit which on, is yes. all four well, of them. <laughs> if if we're starting with Terminator okay. Three, uh, which came out twelve years after Terminator mm -hmm. Two, mind you. Um, I have to say this right now. Terminator 3 is very much like Solo, a Star Wars story. 
in that I found it does it doesn't need to exist yeah, fundamentally. Yeah, yeah. It does not, you know, we did not need a Terminator 3 because 2 wraps everything up so well. They stop Judgment Day in 2. The big thing, that's it, done. But Terminator 3, for all its flaws, I find very fun. It's very entertaining. As an action movie, it's very good. It has some of the best action sequences in mm. the franchise. Um, but fundament- I think where it lets itself down is is the story. Because for anyone who doesn't know, I say Judgment Day is averted in Terminator 2, right? That's the whole thing they were working towards. They've mm. stopped it. The machines aren't going to rise up. All of a sudden, John Connor, who's now for some reason homeless, down on his luck, whatever, um, Arnie comes back, or a new Terminator, and he's like, what the fuck, man? Like, what, what are you doing here? And he's like, oh, I'm here to protect you. And he's like, yeah, but fam, we stop, <laughs> we stop Judgment Day. And he's like, yes, Judgment Day is inevitable. So it's like, oh, okay, so right, we yeah, stopped yeah. it but it's always going to happen. And as soon as you hear that, it just take it takes out so much of the weight that T2 had in it, but you know, because that was the again, whole... That was it. Was that I was the story. Story and, like, world building and development. Yeah. If you can create something over two films that's so rich in story, so well developed, and then come back to the next film and go, oh, it was inevitable. That's just... That's yeah, shit writing. Just... That's not good. It's just... Yeah. You know, yeah. And... I mean, to T3's credit, it does follow through with that. The end of it, Judgment Day, does happen, which I was like, okay, they did it. You know, they didn't just avert I mean, it, it again. It and does, tune in in 12 it, more it years It does make for the next sense time. if you want to sort of play on the whole paradox thing. It does make sense that Judgment Day would eventually happen. And I think mm. out of all of the sequels to Terminator, I think Terminator 3 is probably the, the, the better of the bad ones. I think it, oh, I mean, oh, it God, follows yeah, on from... Yeah. Terminator 2, it, it, it's not perfect by any means, but I, I don't think it's bad. No, it, like, I think it's, it's a no, bit oh shit, no, but it's uh, yeah. not, like, it's, terrible. I don't think, again, I, I said, I, when you yeah. about, the, um, about Solo, the comparison there, it's a film that doesn't need to exist. It never needed to be made. No one asked for it. But hmm. I'm not, like, I'm not, like... You- angry that they did make it i'm kind of like yo it's nice to yeah have an- you're not like you're going to erase it from history yeah it's, like, it's yeah, good it's there. if anything it's, it's, yeah if anything i quite like yeah. that in sort of like canon or whatever unless you're going to replace it with something yeah. better which i know a lot of the other terminator films have tried to do um mostly unsuccessfully because i think I th- again i think the problem as well is terminator 3 there are so many moments and beats that are exactly like t2 i mean it's- when arnie arrives it's the same setup he arri- he goes to mm. a bar Everyone mm. looks at him. He beats up a few biker dudes. Talk to dudes, the hand. Steal it. Talk to... Oh, 2003 was a magical time, wasn't it? Talk to the hand. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's the whole... protect. You know, Arnie's the protector again. And there's another bad Terminator that is basically the T-1000, but now it's a woman. Um, that mm. That is virtually the only difference. It's called something else as well, the TX or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. And th- there's that really unnecessarily stupid scene, which is... I think a bit, you know, disrespectful to, you know, where the female Terminator is driving along. She looks at the poster of the woman with the the big breasts and, and decides to enlarge them. And it, it's not necessary. You didn't need yeah, that in the film. Yeah, I forgot it's about just that. Like, co- honest, it's, yeah. so, it's a very low... You think of, like, what T1 and 2 are, and you're like, that's just a low mm. blow, man. Like, that's just such a... Yeah, so there's moments like that. But yeah, as I said, for action, though, like Arnie's great mm. as always. Um, the action pieces are really good. But it, do, um, it does, it, it feels yeah, like just, a sequel yeah. to Terminator 2, though. It feels like a, an appropriate... Yeah, that didn't need to... It didn't, it, yeah, it didn't, didn't need, need to, to be, be made, but 
I don't like when I when I when I'm looking at it, and even like just looking at sort of the photos on Google, I'm like, it does look like a Terminator film. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't oh, look it like does. a modern yeah. rehash of, you know, the other ones. Um, yeah. So I think absolutely, which is yeah. a problem that comes later yeah. down the line. Terminator Three, yeah. I actually think, isn't a bad, necessarily terrible film. I mean, it is a bad film, but it's not terrible. I think it's, it's a, it's, it's a mistake. Yeah, but I don't think it's the worst. I think it's probably. Oh, I think yeah. it's actually they probably one of the best out of the other, the other Terminator films, uh, which we'll talk about now. Moving Absolutely. on to 2009's yeah. Terminator Salvation. <laughs> oh, my first! Oh God, what a way to I jump mean, yeah. in! Uh, so yeah, Terminator Salvation. Uh, this film is entirely in the future. The after yeah. the machines of. Uh, risen up so in a weird way it sort of I guess follows T3 you know because that ended with Judgment Day happening and now we are I think 15 or 20 years into Judgment Day um, some people don't like this film just because it's set in the future I, I think you can do a Terminator film exclusively set mm. in the future and make it work I just think with, with this because you've got Christian Bale as John Connor um, and the well, the main bit of the film that people remember is that he finds Kyle Reese as a boy, uh, mm. or as a you know as a younger as a younger lad, and of course John Connor knows who mm. he is, and it's about getting him on side and getting obviously Kyle's a bit resistant. And you, but but I think what you were saying to me, oddly enough, even though this is in the future, to me, this doesn't really feel like a Terminator no. film. It doesn't. Like, it, even it, though you've got like the, the Terminators are in it, it just feels like them, another post-apocalyptic doesn't... war film. It feels a little bit like a mix between like Mad Max and like um, mm. Edge of Tomorrow, I guess. Like it's it's a sort yeah. of it's yeah. a, it's a weird amalgamation, and I, like I don't, it's just forgettable. I don't mind it. I I, I respect oh, the God, vision on yeah. it to try and go like, well, okay, we don't want to do another thing where a Terminator comes back in time. It's Arnold again. Let's make a film in the yeah, universe. Yeah, yeah. Really drive it home um, and make a Terminator film based in the future um, as almost like a prequel to like the original. And I respect yeah. that. I respect the bollocks on them for doing that. But it just yeah, it's a good idea it just on paper. Didn't work <laughs> in their execution. And then no, the annoying thing is, just... this really could have worked. This if if this yeah. do, if oh, this God. was done yeah. right, it could have been brilliant. It genuinely could yeah, have been absolutely stunning. What I will say around the same time, I think it was building up Salvation, there was a Terminator TV show called um, The Sarah Connor Chronicles. Mm. Um, th there's two seasons, um, I think 30 episodes altogether, and it's set between T2 and T3. Huh. Um, but honestly, that it, it's a decent show. I remember me and my brother watched it and... Again, it feels like it's in the Terminator universe. Mm. There's a lot of uh, good stakes. There is some of that protect, like because they do have a protector. Um, mm. But still, I'd say. But yeah, I won't dwell on that too much. But yeah, if you're curious, def definitely go in. It's got Alina Hadley in it, who went on to Game mm. of Thrones uh, fame. She plays Sarah Connor. Um, but yeah, no, I've, it's good. Better than better yeah, than Salvation. I, I've never really. I've heard but, of it. I've never really found myself stumbling upon it though. Um, as again, like that sort of mm. era of American TV isn't really my cup of tea. Yeah, um, but yeah, there are some duds oh, yeah. in there as well. But as as a whole, though, I think it does hold up as a as a mm. Terminator mm. TV Definitely. series, so to speak. But yeah, yeah. Um, but from Salvation, I think it's 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 a it's a solid film. 
which it, it does have its yeah. ideas there. It knows what it wants to be. It just isn't able to execute that in a good way. And I think yes. that's it. They yeah. tried. Um, <laughs> Genesis is the next one. Right. So I, <laughs> when they announced this, because they announced it as a trilogy, if you remember, like that was the that was the goal. It was like we're going to do three films. Uh, very, you know, I think as a lot of franchises, very inspired by the whole interconnectivity of like of the MCU and things like that. Um, and when they announced it, and obviously Arnie was coming back because he wasn't in Salvation because he was too busy being governor of California yeah. at the time. Um, but you know, Arnie was coming back, so that was exciting on its own. Um, and I was, I was genuinely very excited mm. for this film when it came out, and I don't think it's a awful no. film again i think it's very much like salvation that it has its ideas and they're really good ideas but it just somewhere along the way it just it stumbles over itself like i mean it, it won't you know it's acknowledging i think they said they're acknowledging the first and i think the second one yeah and then we're not we're not including t3 or so which you know pick stick with the mm. best two fair enough but, but I, um, I i i yes, i think I mean, as the, well i think it just it, it weirdly just does. It's almost like a bit of a. Um, it's almost like a bit of a reboot, really, isn't it? Um, oh, oh yeah, it's a it's a soft reboot. I mean, you get that whole scene recreation from the first Terminator. Which, uh, you know, Ar- the I Arnie think that's brilliant. model, I think which that's, is great. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. The scene where like they recreate that and the CGI, it looks good. Um, mm. I think. I don't know. The thing is about this film is I've 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 only seen it once and I enjoyed it. I don't remember not liking yeah. it, but I I think looking back on it, I'm like, yeah. yeah, it when when I think the thing with a failed a failed franchise is it always looks bad on that film. If they just yeah. planned it to be one film, yeah, it would have worked it's... better. But I think like you look at stuff like do you remember the uh, the Mummy, the Tom Cruise one, and they set that up to be like the <sighs> yeah, I, the dark I try not universe, to, but and yeah, they were like yeah, a... but that's like yeah. that would have been probably an all right film, even if it was just a bit shit. But the fact that it tried to set up a universe is like. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, it's just a bit of a doozy. But again, the concepts, that idea about yeah. changing established timelines, mm, I'm all for mm. it. Like seeing seeing that scene recreated, and then Amelia Clark or Sarah Connor, rather yeah. than being like the scared and, girl. Yeah, that, and there was, um, but there was Cal clearly Reese, like a t- you know. good attention to detail there with the like scene recreations of uh, with Cal Reese when he like jumps in and the way he runs down the thing and like the the, the sort of homeless man that he nicks off and. It's yeah, so well yeah, done. Yeah. It's so like to the point of the original. I'm yeah. like, there's actually clear attention to detail, passion, and love that's gone into it. It just, I think where they went wrong for me was the whole John Connor thing. Um, not me. Yeah, which again, yeah. though, I think as a con as a concept, when you hear that, like, what if John Connor actually got like convert, you know, yeah. or something happened to him from the Terminators? That is an interesting yeah. concept. But again, like the way, but then the way they just. It, yeah, it just yeah, it's, it's not. Yeah, how? Yeah, it's not exactly. Good. And it's just sort of like I don't know. I think as well. I think the problem with me is that they they ruined it, didn't they? That was the big thing. Is that could? I mean, that's obviously the famous yeah. thing about this film is that they ruined that big twist in in the trailer and the poster by having Absolutely. him as Terminator, where yeah. it could have been a really yeah. good moment in the film. Classic mistake. Always, so, yeah, yeah. Ab- ab- absolutely a terrible yeah. idea. But there we go. I think it yeah, yeah. and Ar- like Ar- Arnie's it is really great like mm. Arnie does do his bit mm. really well but I think we're really in this mode now where 
Whereas even in Terminator 2, he was more funny, but they picked their moments when mm. to give him mm. lines like that. In this one, oh my god, we're in we're in full on meme mode. Like, let's give him quirk. You know, every other line, he's either it's the old but not obsolete, yeah. or he's or he's got a joke, or he's being asked to smile, which is yeah. very funny. But like, you know. Do you know what I mean? It, it, they're not picking the moments. They're just like, Awani's oh, got something to say, so make sure fifty percent mm. of this dialogue is like a joke or a meme. Yeah. Or and it's fine, but it takes out so much of the the gut punch of what these but films could be. It, it, like we it were saying the in the question, original. What do you want? What do you want from the film? Do you want yeah, to really reboot yeah. the Terminator franchise seriously, or do you want to make it just an excuse to get Arnold Schwarzenegger to say a few funny lines? Because it just that's sometimes how yeah, it feels. Exactly. Um. But yeah, yeah. I mean. And, yeah. I mean, I like his final... Like, the final fight, you know, with the fact that Arnie is an older model of the threat, but yet he still manages to put up a fight. Mm. And the late... You know, obviously, he has, like, the whole um, self-sacrifice angle as well. I always think that, like... I thought that was played out really well. But again, then, to some degree... Again, it's a downside of being, like, a fifth film in a franchise. You instantly think of the T2 finale when the sacrifice feels earned and feels Mm. very powerful... Whereas this one, it's like, you, as the fight's going on, you sort of click that it's going to be the only mm. option. You know, if he doesn't sacrifice himself, they're realistically not going to do this. So it's just a bit, like you say, it's a lack of surprise. There's a lack of, you know where this is going. Like the beach, mm. you're like, right, here they are. This is what they've got to do. This is the way they're going to do it. And and he comes, this is what I mean about finality. He comes back mm. at the end. He sacrifices himself and he's like, oh, but I'm a T-1000 now. So I just liquid reformed and here I am. Yeah. It's like... No, yeah. like th- it goes back to that first thing. If Kyle Reese was like, "Lol, well, I'm dying, but I'll just time travel mm. back to the future and get healed and I'll come back," it, do- it, it doesn't, doesn't work. work. And I know, I know they kept him alive because again, it was what it was going to be a trilogy, and we need Arnold for all three because oh my god, no one's going to come and watch if he's not in it. I mean, yeah, they will, but it, it just it yeah, it just feels very hollow. I mean, I still wanted to see where the next two films would have gone. I would have wanted to see this story conclude, but it's one of those sad cases in Hollywood where you get the first chapter and you're like, it's not perfect, but you could mm. do something, and then it just sadly it just yeah. never happened. I know what you mean. Um, now I've, yeah. I haven't seen Dark Fate. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, from 2019. Um, to yeah, mixed reviews. I don't. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say all of it's bad, but I. No, uh, I think a lot of people's big problem with this, and I'll be careful how I say it because I have my view, but I'm, I'm trying to speak on what you know I've yeah, seen yeah, the yeah. general consensus to be. There, it's very much the same thing people sadly talk about with things like you know the female Doctor Who characters like Captain Marvel, Rose Tico oh, right. in Star Wars, the fact that the main protect like the 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 person that's being protected is a woman. Which is, you know, that was Sarah Connor. That's fine. But I think what people seem to complain about is that despite her being caught unawares like Sarah was, some people say she becomes too capable. This sounds familiar. I (laughs) disagree. Yeah. I I personally disagree with that view. I think the journey of this character in many ways is similar to Mm. Sarah's, which, Mm. again, would make sense. Um, There are a lot of, you know, retreads. It's they're coming after someone. She's caught unawares. Um, Linda Hamilton's back. And, you know, again, it's great to see that hardened. uh, Just for context as well, this film is acknowledging Terminators 1 and 2, again, but not not the rest. So 
Forget that she's dead in Terminator 3. We're only doing one and two in the near. So we've got an older Sarah Connor. Um, again, spoilers if you haven't mm. seen it and want to see it. John Connor gets killed off at the very start of the yeah. film. Um, it's like three, four years after T2 and they're like chilling out and then an Arnie Terminator comes mm. and kills him. Okay, again, in interesting way to start off. Um, but the whole premise of it is, it does. The, I guess the moral is, it didn't have to be a John Connor. You know, mm. you don't. Or it can be anyone to lead a resistance, which, you know, okay, fair enough, okay, in concept. But I think what I mean, I don't take issue with that as a whole. Again, I'm I'm not saying in a million years that a woman can't lead a resistance. Absolutely not. But I think, you know, when you establish in this law that John Connor is the set, you know, in all the other films they say this is the only person who had the courage or. You know, deter- you know, whatever it is, to stand up and be like, we need to mm. fight back. Um, if they had maybe in the earlier film said, it could really be anyone, but at the minute it's John in our future, so that's why we should protect him, then maybe... It- Do you know what I yeah. mean? It just seems like they've said, oh, well, it never had to be John Connor in the first place. So then you think, so, right, so mm. protecting Sarah in T1 was redundant, protecting John in T2 right. was redundant, and in T3. But do you know what I mean? I think that's the central problem yeah. people had with it. It's it's this thing about, you know, law again. It's saying you've established this. And they're, they're not saying this is not acknowledging anything. If it was a complete reboot, that might have worked better because, mm. you know, you, mm. you wouldn't need a John Connor. But the fact they're acknowledging T1 and 2 still happened. Yeah where John is very much saying, like, he needs to live. If he does not live, mm, we're dead. Mm, mm. That is it. And then it's like, oh, but it doesn't matter. Like, anyone could do it. I think that's the problem people seem to have yeah. with this movie, fundamentally. I, so, yeah, um, that's interesting. I mean, that's, that, that is that, interesting. Yeah. I knew about the John Connor thing. I knew about a few little elements of it. But I, I, apart from that, I don't know. Would you say, for someone who hasn't seen it, like myself, is it worth watching? Mm. Uh, I'd say it, it's worth watching if you want to see like what they do with it. Because of course, I've only mentioned like the fundamentals. There is a lot that goes on. Of course, Arnie again is back in this one. Um, his inclusion this time is a because obviously he is a model mm. of Terminator, and it's uh, and obviously in real life he's getting older. And you know, in Genesis, it was explained that um, I'm trying to remember what it was now that he naturally aged mm. with. A young Sarah Cut or the body aged, I should say, in that, which you're like, okay, whatever, fair enough. Um, the excuse is it's pretty similar in this one as well. I, mean, I don't know how yeah. she can do it, you know, really. Arnie is in his mid 70s, there's no way of there's no way mm. of hiding that now, really. Mm. Um, he does act, he acts more like a human in this one, and they do, they do present a reason mm. as to why. Um, it's something to do with he's been around humans for so long. I can't remember many years, like 40, 50 years maybe, that he's transcended the limp. It's not like he's he's basically moved beyond the limitations of like, you know, his chipset and he's learned from human emotions to adapt them himself. He's not like completely, you still yeah. know he's a robot, but he's he's definitely more, he's more human-esque, which I was like, again, it's a neat idea, but I don't know if it I works. I get what you mean there, yeah. Um, Arnie does sell mm. it. It's not his problem. It's the... The way, but then there's other moments later on in the film where he's just like a machine, and all that mm. humanness is gone. So it's what like, okay, it? so you've got to you've got to pick your poison, yeah. really. Um, great to see Linda Hamilton. She's still very much Sarah Connor that we knew from the first two. Um, but then again, it begs the question: if the whole idea of it is anyone can lead the resistance, 
aside from Sarah having experience from dealing with Terminators, there is mm. not really a reason why she needs yeah. to be there. No, I know what you mean. I and I yeah. and, and I agree with it. I but, think um, yeah. it's an interesting one. I, I probably will watch it eventually. Um I think the problem I have, just to sort of summarise, because um, we're getting sort of towards the end now anyway. Um, Absolutely, yeah. I think yeah. my issue with the franchise is that it's difficult to want to watch the new films, even as a fan of the franchise, because you know that if yes. it doesn't do well, in a few years they'll just do it again and wipe it from canon. They did it with Salvation, they yeah. did it with Genesis, and now they're doing it with Dark Fate. Like They just go, oh, well, the previous ones don't matter. Um, we're just going to get rid of them. So... Yeah. yeah, well, I will say though, is Dark, Dark Fate is a, is a dumb title. It bears, it has no real bearing on the film. I don't know yeah. why they called it that, and it's just surprising as well because I believe James Cameron executive produced. Uh, yeah, he produced it. So like, he, he actually made di- the story for it, I think, as well. Yeah, he had a hand in the story along with about five other people, which surprises me. Um, but I, I really do get the feel though, because of course he was the head honcho. He should have directed it. Too. He should have. He really it. had. He had a two part. He had a two part story in his head mm. from the get go. He told that story, yeah, and that's it. I feel that's that's what he wanted. And if you just watch the first two films for the first time, by the end of the second one, you feel that mm. story's done. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, Judgment Day's been averted. There's no more Terminators in the past. Um, John Connor is safe. We can all mm. breathe. Like it's and it feels earned. It's a yeah. good ending, especially when you watch them like back to back. It's a mm. damn good progression of a story. And then everything else. It's. I think part of the problem is that is the fact they acknowledge those two films in the first place. As I said, with Dark Fate especially, if they'd have gone complete from scratch and said, you know, f- try and forget everything else, this, we're starting right from, you know, point mm. number one, then it might have had a bit more success. But it's this constant reliance that they, they have to have Arnie in it because it's Arnie. Mm. They have to have John Con because, you know, because that's it's this over-reliance on both the success and the nostalgia I think at this point of those first two films yeah. because they know people yeah. like them and they know that the more callbacks there are as good as they might be you know you see it a lot you know in TV film whatever the more callbacks there are they go oh I know it's that meme isn't it like oh I know that but I know that I reference think for, you know, for so. a future Terminator film if they want to really make it work I think the key for that is to make a good film totally separate to the rest of the franchise and then if they really want to set Absolutely. up sequels and they really want to go down that route have sort of the ending connect to so, somehow connect to the other films. So have yes. like yeah yeah like, like have John Connor back. show up or have Sarah Connor show up or something like right at the end or something like Nick Fury style. I don't care like yeah. But you've got to Nick make Fury a good style. film. And the thing is, it's that's what's been thrown out the window yeah. with these new ones. And I think it is a bit of uh, a shame, really. I I I will watch Dark Fate at some shame. point, I'm sure. But you know the fact that the just the yeah. general consensus seems to be. Um, just nothing really it's just sort of it happened and then it disappeared yeah, and no it, one talked it about it it is sad be- because i remembered i remember when dark fate was first trailered or announced like you know you know linda hamilton yeah, yeah. for the first time in like nearly 30 years that should have made everyone go like oh my god yes mm. and it just what they were like oh they're making another one like that was that, said, because that of, was because it's consensus. happened so many times yeah i when, think it yeah yeah think, yeah it's the what's the old analogy like fool me once shame on you fool me twice yeah, yeah, yeah. and then that they just it's keep the same thing and like you know I'm, I'm i won't lie you know i'll always go and see mm. a new terminator like i know we've just said that but you know i'm a fan i want to see these films i want to see a yeah. good terminator film but for me you know now. two's never been topped three three's entertaining as as, as its own mm. little thing 
And then the rest, it's just like, well, again, the ideas are there. That's what's more, so that's the most annoying thing. The mm. ideas are there, the concepts are there, but just somewhere along the way, it's just it's yeah. just not working. And that's a very interesting note to sort of sort of close this on, um, I suppose, yeah. in terms of the future of the franchise and all that sort of thing. Um, what I will go back to mm. though, just because it's sort of a bit of a tradition on the podcast so far, a rating yeah, yeah. out of ten for the Terminator. For the Terminator, so uh, I will give the Terminator a solid nine out of ten. Good stuff. Um, you know, as as much as I love it, I'll never claim to say it's perfect because it isn't. Um, but it's definitely yeah. up there, absolutely yeah. up there. So yeah, nine definitely for, nine, uh, nine for you. Um, I'm gonna say um, an eight. I think I I love it, but mm-hmm. I it's sort of like because I haven't rewatched Judgment Day yet. I want to give a little bit of room without Judgment <laughs> Day having to be perfect yeah. if it's any better than the first one. So, <laughs> yeah, scary, I'm yeah. going to go for eight, um, yeah. eight out of ten for that one. But yeah, that's basically um, that. We've talked for quite a while about this um, film franchise now. But yeah, yeah. Um, if there's any more Terminator <laughs> films that come out in the future, I'll be sure to get you on so we can discuss it. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and, hope, yeah, and hopefully yeah, we'll actually yeah, do, yeah, do something absolutely. with it. <laughs> um, but that's basically it for this episode of Spill Your Beans. Thank you so much for joining me, Adam. Um do no, you have anything you you'd me, like man. to promote socials anything like that this is your time to just do that now without any guilt just Frills. go for sure. it <laughs> sure thank you so um i am on youtube just type in adam martin martin with a y um i hopefully should pop up i uh make videos on all sorts mainly doctor who stuff at the minute i'm in a bit of a stride with that but i also make uh, other stuff about like uh classic tv history preservation idents things like that and uh, now that's what i call music just whatever mm. i feel like i want to make there's there's a lot of different stuff hopefully there'll be something you like do check out the channel um as george said i have my own podcast as well amtv radio where i just sit down with a guest mm-hmm. george has been one of them uh, and we just we just have a natter whether it's about their work or their interests or whatever's going on um at the time we're recording this series three is underway you can find it on spotify apple google youtube just search amtv radio and uh, just twitter yeah follow me on twitter adam martin amtv just for my um, daily ramblings and if if you want me to repost it's so twitter so good. <laughs> like, i retweeted something about the four i retweeted something about the four shrek films um being like one you're like classic two best film ever made three worst film ever made four underrated gem deserves more hype and i just tweeted it retweeted it because i thought it was funny gets like a hundred likes it's like no don't do that like what about all this thing i spent effort on it's like but but yeah just just go and follow me there if you want to but yeah yeah, that's um, about it for those listening to this podcast of course you probably know my twitter by now at gb sheared but also at spill your beans as well on twitter if you want to see any more Mm -hmm. full film reviews including uh, my own full review of the terminator on letterbox i am ace creeper on there um again please follow keep listening to other episodes of the podcast and i will see you all next sunday thank you all so much for listening and uh yeah have a lovely day bye bye